2 Chronicles chapter 7, begin at verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and for, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, oftentimes the scripture is used, I guess, in a rebuking way. But if you read the chapter, that's not what it's intended for. This is actually a promise from God. Solomon had finished the tabernacle and they had given the sacrifices. Moses had wanted to build the tabernacle in his day, but God wouldn't allow him to. And so Solomon finally got to build the tabernacle that his dad wanted to build. And it was according to the way the Lord wanted it. The Lord was pleased with it. And the fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifices. And <clears throat> the Lord actually tells Solomon he's chosen this place to be a house of sacrifice. And it goes on and he says in verse 15, Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend under the prayer that is made in this place. You don't think this place is special? Church is a special place, folks. Amen. It's a place that God recognizes. He may not recognize Trump Town. He may not recognize Walmart. He may not recognize Mount Rushmore. But God recognizes the church. That's the only people he's interested in. Did you know that? Verse 16, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked and do according to all that I have commanded thee and shall observe my statutes, statutes and my judgment, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according to as I have coveted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. Now it also tells what God will do if, if Solomon turns away. Sometimes people think you get saved and that's all there is to it. You need to read the whole chapter. But I want to go back to that 14th verse. And you pray for just a few minutes. I'd like to get myself out of the way and get to the Lord. It says, if my people. Now, who is that? Church. If my people. I love everybody here. And you're my Christian family. But I guess Marvin is about the only one here that would be a natural relative to me. But God's talking about his people. 
his people. Who is, who is his people? This is who we are. We're the apple of his eye. Lest you forget in 2021, in a day when everybody is wanting to pick and find fault with the church, in a day where everybody says we don't need to go, in a day where people don't even know a preacher whenever they fall sick or whenever someone dies in the family, in a day where they'd rather go to the mountains or go to the beach or go to a ball game or go anywhere other than church when their life's priority is church and it should be their first, we're still the apple of God's eye. People have tried to identify as being God's people. We hear the song, God bless America. And America couldn't be farther from God if they tried in this day and age. We're about as far away as I've ever seen in my lifetime. To call America God's people, I'd have to dispute that. Because there's a distinct difference between America and the church. The men that flew in to the Twin Towers on 9-11, you know who they claim told them to do that? They claim God told them to do that. They claim they were God's people. I'd have to dispute that. I'd have to draw a, a, a very narrow distinction between what they proclaim and the church. And if God will help me, I'll get to that. If my people, who are his people, they're the apple of his eye. They're a peculiar people. That don't mean odd. That don't mean out of sorts. A peculiar people. The Bible says, come ye out from among the world and be a separate people. We don't look like the world. We don't sound like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't walk like the world. We don't dress like the world. We're out from among the world. We're a separate people. We're a peculiar people. Whenever you look at me, my prayer is that the first thing you notice by the way I act, by the way I sound, by the way I walk, by the way I talk, I must be a Christian. If you see any less than that, I fail miserably. If my people, who are His people, they're the apple of His eye. If my people, who are His people, they're peculiar people. If my people who are God's people, they're a royal priesthood. Preacher, I'm poor. My name means nothing. And I'm right there with you. But when the Lord saved me and you, we became heirs and joint heirs. I was owed nothing. I was owed hell. That's what I was owed. That's what my inheritance was to be. 
as a sinner was a place in hell to burn for an eternity, but I became part of a royal priesthood. I became, not because I'm a preacher, but because I'm saved by the grace of God. They sing the song, His blood is on my soul. If you want to know who I am, I'm one of His people because I'm in the bloodline. Because His blood is on my soul. Because His blood washed my sins away. You ask me why I'm happy? Well, I'll just tell you why. Because... My sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far as is removed, I thank God that I'm under the blood. And the reason that I'm under Him is through His mercy and through His grace. That's why I'm part of His people. A royal priesthood. If I sang the song tonight, about a beggar and a king. <laughs> you might say I begged my way into it. I had nothing. Dawn sings the songs. I had nothing but doubt and confusion. I was living my lifetime in vain. But now, I have everything. How could you do that, preacher? You don't have a lot of money. You don't have a nice car. I've got everything I need to make me happy. I have Jesus to show me the way. He saved me and he gave me life eternal. And now I have everything. I became a brother to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you were saved, you became a sister to the Lord Jesus Christ. You became an heir. You were due hell, but you got a home in heaven when this life is over because you're an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're part of a royal priesthood. What makes it royal? He is the king of kings. Have you read the Bible? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He became obedient, even obedient to the death of the cross. Therefore the Lord hath given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Here's your royalty. Every tongue shall confess that he's King of kings and Lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. Read over in Revelations, there's a vesture on him that says King of Kings. <laughs> We're part of that royal priesthood. If my people, now let's back up for just a thought. I'm going to finish that in just a minute. If God will help me. We can't get past the first word, can we? It's a little two-letter word that stops and starts everything. It's a little two-letter word with great promise, but very seldom fulfillment. What is that, preacher? If. If. How many times have we said, well, I'd do so-and-so if. You know, we have great, great ideas and great, great plans that we're going to accomplish and fulfill if. If we're not careful, 
we let if get in the way. If we're not careful, we let if keep people from seeing us as God's people. Oh, if they hadn't said something to me, I wouldn't be bitter and angry. I wouldn't carry this grudge. The things I could do. Get rid of your if. Lay it down at Jesus' feet. Repent and ask Him. Now listen, I want to finish this verse. If my people, who are His people, they're a peculiar people. They're a royal priesthood. They're a chosen generation. People have looked at the Jews as possibly being the greatest people because that's who God sent His Son down through their lineage. It's not the ones that are Jews outwardly. It's the ones that are Jews inwardly. Listen, friend. You may disagree with me on this. I know I'm not climbing the benches right now. But I'm going to preach this to you. If the Jews go to heaven, they'll go to heaven through the blood of Jesus. There's no other way to get there. He'll be looking for the blood. If my people, a chosen generation. Now, you can be down in the mouth. You can be throwing a pity party. I've done it, and you have too. But tell me, when you do like David, and you look down in the cup, and it's running over, tell me you're not chosen. Tell me, when you look at other folks in life and what misery and pain and agony they're in, and you have peace in your heart and happiness in your home and joy at your church, tell me you're not chosen. That's right. While sinners fall under conviction with fear, of dying and burning for an eternity, you can lay down at night with peace in your heart, knowing if your heart stops during the night, knowing if your air, if the air don't go into your lungs not one more time, knowing that if your eyelids don't open in the morning and death finds you between the time you lose consciousness and the time the sun rises, tell knowing all that, that you'll lift your eyes and you'll be in glory, being with Jesus for an eternity. Tell me that you're not chosen. You're a chosen people. If my people, who are God's people, they're the apple of His eyes. They're peculiar people. They're a royal priesthood. They're a chosen generation. If my people, which are called by my name. I preached to you often about that little piece of paper. It's so old now, it's turned brown. <laughs> used to be white. It says, my name, son of Patsy Ann and J.D. Strange. And they tagged me with that last name, Strange. That's what I go by, Mr. Strange at school. When Mackenzie joined the guard and went to basic, 
On the name tag across his shirts, it said strange. When Mason joined the Air Force and went to basic, and all the Air Force apparel that he has, it has that name tag sewed on. Strange. That name don't mean a thing to this world. In this world, I've tried most everything. And I'm happy now to say there's nothing like religion. Not the newfound stuff. In the good old-fashioned way. I'm walking in the old-time way. Thank God I'm in it. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Amen. And I want the world to know that are called by his name. That I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. If my people, which are called by my name, they were first called Christians in Antioch, why? Because they acted Christ-like. Because they loved everybody. Because they were long-suffering. Because they had peace. Because they had joy. Because they were just like Christ. That's what I want to aspire to, is to be just like Jesus. If I could get that far, I, Johnny, I'll never make it to be exactly like him because I'm in the flesh. I've got flaws. I've got sin. I'm imperfect. But I want to be as much like him as I can. I want people to call me by his name. My people, which are called by my name. Now, here's the hard part. Shall humble themselves. Do you know what that means? Most folks don't. Shall humble themselves. And I know we live today, and I don't want to discourage anybody. From trying to draw nigh to Christ. I don't want to discourage anybody from coming through the doors of church. I don't want to discourage anybody from taking part in anything we go through here at church. But friends, if we don't humble ourselves, God's not obligated to us. Amen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. This is what he said. Humble yourself, and in due time, he lift you up. Yeah. He said he would exalt the humble. Hey, don't, do you want to be lifted up? Do you want to feel blessed? Do you want to feel good in the spirit? Do you want to be in the midst of God's presence? We have to come humble. I know the song says, just as I am, and we live in a day where churches are saying, come as you are, I'm okay with that. But when it comes to approaching the Lord God Almighty, we have to humble ourselves. We have to feel sorry for our sins and we have to go away from those. We have to turn away from our sinful ways. We have to feel repentant. We have to feel as if He's all and we're nothing. uh, John the Baptist said, I must decrease. Now this is what Jesus, the King of Kings, had to say about John the Baptist. Of men born of women, 
there's none greater than John the Baptist, but the greatest man that Jesus Christ himself recognized had this to say in response, I must decrease, he must increase. Our lives should be all about Jesus. I read a book a few years ago, and it's hard to find religious books that I care much for, because most of them don't have our King James Version Bible in them. But this book was called, It's All About Him. It's not about me, it's all about Him. We get so stuck in our ways thinking that church ought to happen the way we think it ought to happen. Such and such should sing. So and so should open up. This number of songs should be sung. I'd like to see it, and I've seen it whenever we came through the door and never did get to congregational singing. Amen. People couldn't wait to get to church because they couldn't wait to get to the altar. I've seen them come through the door before church started and run to the altar because they had to get right with God and they had to fix things with the church. That's an outdated thing, isn't it? Oh, to think that we would have to make an acknowledgement. What is that, preacher? What is an acknowledgement? It's an admitting that you have not kept your part as a member. It's an admitting that you have failed God and that you have failed the church and that you have not prayed the way you should and that you've not read your Bible the way you should and that you've said things that you shouldn't and that you've not loved your brother or your sister the way that you should. We've all failed and come short of the glory of God and there's not one amongst us from your pastor to the newest member here at Dutch Bottoms that doesn't owe an acknowledgement from time to time. If you want to see a more powerful church, confess your faults one to another. That don't mean that you need to come to me and tell me every sin you've ever committed. You're wasting your time doing that because I can't forgive the first one. Right. You don't need to pull out a list and go through everything you've ever done. But what God's convicted you of and told you you need to fix and make right, that's the time after you fix things with him that you fix things with the church. That's not popular preaching. But you know where that comes from? Humbleness. Yeah. Only an humble person can... You know the hardest thing to do for us humans, is to lay down our pride and admit that we were wrong. Husbands, wives, how often have you told one another that you were sorry, that you messed up, that you made a mistake? That's hard, isn't it? Now compound that by standing in front of of a congregation and saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And if we're going by his name, we will. Because what is God? God is love. All right, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. How did Christ go to the cross? 
he became obedient. He humbled himself. If he humbled himself, shouldn't we? If he humbled himself to go to Calvary, shouldn't we humble ourselves to at least walk into the sanctuary? Shouldn't we humble ourselves while we're here if he speaks to our heart to obey his voice? Amen. And we know that, that Samuel told Saul obedience is better than sacrifice. We've made the time. We cleaned up. We got ready. We combed her hair. We put on her nice clothes. We made all that sacrifice. And yet we didn't obey. If we'd just obey, what sinners would fill our altars and we could see them saved? All right, shall humble themselves. You want to go on? And pray. Let me tell you something. I've raised three boys. We've got two that are out of state, way out of state. One in Alaska, one in North Dakota. When they were home, we talked every day. We played, we laughed. Sometimes we had to get serious about things. And now I don't get to talk to them every day. I'd like to. It excites me. Let me just be honest with you. My oldest one called during congregational singing. He had forgot what night of the week it was. I didn't talk to him. But it thrilled me to see his name pop up on the caller ID. Because I still like to talk to him. I still want to know what he's thinking. I still want to know how things are going in his life. I still love him. He's thousands, he's 26, a 26 hour drive away from me right now. And I love him. I can't wait to hear his voice. God feels the same way about me and you. He loves to talk to you. He'd like for you to just sit down, nubble your heart, and say, God, thank you. Thank you for getting me through this day. Thank you for the blessings that you poured out all over me today. Amen. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. I'm not homeless. I, I, I have a little boy at school, DCS. Has he been custody? He's in a foster home right now. You know why he's in a foster home? He was 16-year-old and homeless. He was living on the street. I've never had to do that. I've been to New York City and I've seen them. I've been to Nashville and I've seen them. I've been to New Orleans and I've seen them. They'll take a piece of cardboard laid out and go sleep on it. I don't have to do that. I've got a nice warm bed. So thank you, Lord, for the little home you gave me. Thank you, Lord, for the food that I got to eat today. Thank you, Lord. You know what that's called? That's called praying. So off time.
times we get in a habit of saying, Lord, give me this, give me that. I need this, I need that. I want this, I want that. Your wants is never promised to you. He said you supply your every need. But a good way to get them is to start with thanking Him for what you do have. And if it's His will, you know, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Oft times I thought I really needed something. And God knew I didn't. So he didn't give it to me. He's told me no. Can you imagine that? We get a little angry when somebody tells us no, don't we? And God's got enough nerve to tell us no. That's because he knows better than we do. (laughs) Israel asked him for a king one time, didn't he? He gave it to him. But it was to their own hurt. The trouble that that caused, not just for a year, but for decades and centuries. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, what is pray? Is it a public renunciation? A public proclamation? He said not to pray. Like the men that stand on the corner do. The Pharisees. He said outwardly they were white with white. They were white sepulchers, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. And you know what else that scripture says? It says they have their reward. In other words, they needn't look for anything they've asked of God. Their reward was the praise of men. But this is what he said to pray. Enter your closet. You don't have to go home, open the closet door, step in and close it back. Your closet can be anywhere where it's just you and him. Yeah. If it takes that to be just you and him, then do that. But to enter your closet and pray in secret, and he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And it also says, let not the right hand know what the left hand doeth. I don't need to tell Sister Greg what my prior is, what my heart's desire is. I need to tell the Lord that I believe she loves me. If she can help me in any way, she would. But she can't do some things I need God to do. So I'm going to talk to him. She'll pray. And what's it say next? Seek my face, I believe, isn't it? Let's make certain. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, now, I know we live in a modern day with technology and things like that. That sign that's in North Dakota We made a trip at Labor Day to see our new grandchild. But about once a week, I can take that phone and I can open it up where it has a video call of them and I can see that grandchild's face and she can see me. My daughter-in-law has gone full whole hog on the technology and she puts the phone call of our old ugly mugs up on the iPad where the baby can see it. And she can look at me, and she can look at Tammy, and she can coo and carry on. 
The Lord don't use FaceTime. So if you want to seek His face, I'd go visit where He's at. I'm not here on Monday most days. I'm not here on Tuesday. I'm not here on Thursday. Roddy is not here on Friday most days. Robert Reed is not here on Saturday most days. So if you'd want to see one of us, you would go where we live. You would go visit Roddy up here on the hill. You'd go visit Robert uptown. You'd go visit me over at White Pine. If you want to visit the Lord, go to His house. If you want to seek His face, be in His presence, talk to Him, go worry about it. Go worry live. Go down to the altar. Make a trip. Humble yourself. Pray and seek His face. And you can find Him. Here's another hard part. I made mention of it just a few minutes ago. And turn from their wicked ways. We living in a day where people think somebody's not going to like this. Where people think they can be a homosexual and be a Christian. Where people think they can be a drunkard and be a Christian. Want to get a little closer to home? Where people think they can be a liar, amen, and be a Christian. Where people think they can beat their brother, they covet, and be a Christian. Now, I mentioned homosexual. I mentioned a drunkard. Let me tell you what that is. That is S-I-N, sin. And that's not the only sin. Amen. Would you agree that sin has one color? Sin is, has one color. Sin is black. And whether it's a little white lie or homosexuality, it's black. Whether it's a whether <coughs> whether it's coveting something my neighbor has, or jealousy, or bitterness. Or drunkenness. It's black. I said that to say this. All have sinned. And a sinner is a sinner is a sinner. Well, preacher, the way they live, the way we live. They're no more a sinner than you were before you found mercy and grace. And I believe this, the meanest and the vilest of sinners can be saved. But I'll tell you what salvation does. It changes. Ask Paul. He said, the things I once loved, I now hate. The things I once hated, I now love. It changes your want to. Changes you from the inside. If there is no change, there's no salvation. 
turn from their wicked ways. We got people that's been in church for 40 years, wants to look down their nose at men that aren't in church. You never will judge somebody into repentance. You never will point your finger at somebody and get them to the altar. You never will tell them how low down, dirty, and rotten they are and cause them to come to your church. If we get them through the door, we'll love them in. That's right. <laughs> if they turn from their wicked ways, it's going to be because they recognize there's a better way. And the only way they can see that is through me and you. That's a lot that we show to them. Love people. It's a shame that I had to preach that. <laughs> but that's where we are. Turn from their wicked ways. Now let's go through this. I'm trying my best to hurry. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, those are The qualifiers. You think God's going to bless you in your sin? They don't agree with this verse. You think God's going to bless you just like you are and you never make a change? You still harbor resentment towards somebody? They don't agree with this verse. I've seen men live their whole lives in church and hold grudges and go to the grave and miss blessings because they couldn't let go of something that happened 40 years ago. Let go. Let God have his way in your life. Turn from their wicked ways. If you do that, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We live in a day where people hate one another. When I was growing up, I was born in 1966, was a kid in the 70s, high school in the 80s. I never thought about people hating each other. I knew about a country overseas named Russia, and we were in a cold war with them, and they were threatening to blow us up, we were threatening to blow them up, but I never thought about anybody hating one another. Now it's everywhere you look. Amen. It's on every channel, on your TV set. Never thought people would be proud of their sin and would stand up and protest if you didn't agree with them of their sin. That's the day we're living in. We're going to have to be humble. We're going to have to repent. We're going to have to seek His face. We're going to have to pray. Now listen. I want to go back to the first of the verse for just a second and then I'll close. It did not say the Babylonians needed to do that. It didn't say the Assyrians needed to do that. It didn't say the Moabites needed to do that. It didn't say the Russians needed to do that. It didn't say the Democrats. It didn't say the Republicans. 
Who needs to do that? My people. So you see, friends, it starts with the church. If we want the good old USA to be a better country and a better place to live, if we want Tennessee, if we want Cock County to be a better place to live, a more godly place, it all starts on the altar at the church. Don't be afraid of this. If I, as your pastor, had to make a seating chart, it would take me all of five minutes. I know. I know where you sit. But if you gave me, and I hate to say this, if you gave me a map of the altar, would I have as easy a time Marking your spot here. I'm your pastor. Would I have as easy a time I'd say, oh, well, that's the spot. That's where when so-and-so prays, right there is where they go. Would I say, that's the spot. That's where when so-and-so prays, that's where they go. John has you raise your hand if you know a sinner. Raise your hand if you'd like to see a more spiritual church. Amen. I'll raise both of them. Raise your hand if you'd like to see somebody saved on the altar at Dutch Bottoms. Amen. Raise your hand. If you'd like to have to, now this may, some of you may not raise your hand on this, I don't know. Raise your hand if you'd like to have to hunt a seat when you walk through the door. Amen. Would you be angry because somebody was sitting in your pew? Would you be a little bit upset if you had to go sit beside Marty Costner? <laughs> Would you be a little bit upset if you had to come all the way up here and sit on this bench? Because those bitches were full. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd even sit down. I think I'd have to shout glory. Yeah. We can have all that. If we. Will do what this verse has said. We can have all that. We can have a more spiritual church. We can have our sinners see them saved one by one or all. We think if we see one little sinner boy or girl saved, it's been a great service and it is a great thing. As a matter of fact, it's a miracle when somebody gets saved. But I recall, I don't have to go back to Rankin 40 years ago when I was a boy and we saw three or four get saved. I could go back two years ago to, to Bible school and we had eight or ten sinners all right here on a Thursday night and God saved them and there was so many on the altar you had to watch where you stand. And it was a wonderful service because God was with us. And the reason He was is because we prayed we sought his face we humbled ourselves we turned from our wicked ways and God heard from heaven and healed our land yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
if you want better, it starts with you. It starts with you. Now I'm going to pick on one or two, and then I'll be done. I might could get a hold of Israel and drag her up here. Wouldn't do a bit of good. Ronnie's a full-grown man. I might could get a hold of him, but he might not go. He might flat refuse. You can't make me humble. You can't make me pray. You can't make me seek God's face. You can't make me change my wicked ways. But I can. I can't make Ronnie do a single thing. I learned that a long time ago. People say, well, if so-and-so would just do You can't make anybody do anything. God has to move on their heart and give them a desire. I can't change a thing about Ronnie, but Ronnie can. I can't change a thing about Keith, but Keith can. Now, you agreed with me. You'd like a more spiritual church. I'm not going to let you. I'm, John may come back and ask you again Sunday morning if you've got a sinner on your heart you want to see saved. You may have raised your hand last Sunday and not raise it this Sunday. I don't know. You may raise it. You may not have raised it last Sunday and you raised it this Sunday, but I'm not going to let you get out of what you raised your hand for tonight. You said you wanted to see a more spiritual church. You said you wanted to see our sinners saved. You said you'd like to see our sanctuary full. It starts with me. But don't you lay it all on me. If we want to see this happen, you have to do your part. If I do my part and I take care of Mike, it's up to Becky to take care of Becky. It's up to Lisa to take care of Lisa. And listen, men, you may not like this. We need to do our part. I believe the Bible teaches we're supposed to be leaders in our household. We're supposed to be spiritual leaders. If we want our children to be spiritual, we need to set an example. If we want our children to, if we want our household to be saved, we need to let them know who we are and where we're going. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. (laughs) You know what children place a priority on? What their parents think are important. If this is important, let them know. All right. Then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Wouldn't you like to see people quit fussing and fighting? Wouldn't you like to turn on the TV one time and everybody be getting along? (coughs) Wouldn't you like to see a president get down on his knees, tears roll off his face, as he prays to God. I'm not talking about a little dried up speech. I'm talking about really trying to ring the prayer bells of heaven. Well, preacher, he's a Democrat. God can humble him. Preacher, he was a Republican. God can humble him. 
We think we've got everything all figured out between our ears right here when we actually know nothing. If this place is going to be a better place to live, and it's a trash pile, let's be honest. But if it's going to be any better between now and the time the Lord comes back on the clouds of glory, it's going to start with us on the altar. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. We didn't touch on that much, did we? And heal their land. Did you know you can't please God when you're black with sin? It just don't happen. Ask Joshua. Whenever they lost, I believe it was 36 men a day and I. Here's what God told him, and it was all because Achan had committed a trespass and took of the accursed thing down there in Jericho. Here's what God told Joshua. Joshua hadn't committed a sin. But one of the children of Israel had. God said, I'll be with you no more. You want to know why there's no more spirit at church? Because I have not turned loose. Because you have not turned loose. He said, I'll not be with you any longer until you get rid of the accursed thing. You want New Testament? No man liveth to himself. No man died to himself. Well, preacher, what I do don't affect the church. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. The Lord may have some little bitty thing for you to do that would cause some sinner to let go and ask Jesus to save them. But if you don't obey his voice, you're not in a place to. That won't happen. You'll miss a blessing, and that child may not be saved. That's right. Friend, and I know, and I don't don't get me wrong, I've been calling. I've picked up the phone and I've talked to people. I got on Facebook and I messaged them and say, hey, we're praying for you. We miss you. But until those folks are sitting in the pews, here you and I are. This church is what you and I are going to make it today. It might be bigger. It might be better tomorrow. But today, here we are. So we have to do the best we can for the Lord right now. Now, I I told you, I asked you, would you like to see the sanctuary full? Yeah, I would. I truly would. But did you know we're not promised another Sunday in this building? As a matter of fact, the Lord may come back before the sun rises in the morning. The Bible said he comes a thief in the night, didn't it? We better get done what we're going to do for the Lord today. Somebody's soul may be dependent on it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land.